So welcome to episode four of the Road to Ironman 2020 journey of three novices um, heading for the red carpet in, in March next year. I think for me as a human being and triathlete now and training for something like Ironman, the more mistakes I make now and the lessons that I can take away from them, the better. Um, I've recently taken part in my first triathlon back after four years and although there was so much familiarity about the preparation, how to set up my transition next to my bike, um, my nutrition, planning, all of that, I still made some epic rookie mistakes um, at the race. So I'm looking forward to sharing those with you and my learnings from them. But um, Renzo, Gerard, what, what do you guys think? I mean, you've also taken part in some races this year. Renzo, your first 70.3 in Durban and Gerard's first ultra in, um, in Cape Town now recently as well. So how have making mistakes helped you grow and become a better athlete or better person? I want to start out by just saying there's only one way to grow, and that is to make mistakes. And 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 what I love about the fact that you know when we put this this podcast series together, we, we specifically called it the journey, because it's not just about the time between now and March 29, 2020, um, and physically getting ourselves to PE to do the race. It's also about our journey as athletes, and it's about our learning process. So, yeah, I mean, so for me, learning is important through through making mistakes. And uh, I'll never forget, I, I just want to start off with this. There's so much that I learned um, out of my half um, in Durban. But, so, nutrition for me was a big thing. I suddenly figured out somewhere along the line. So, I, I've got a, a long cycling background and I would get on my bicycle to do an Amashava or, or uh, uh, the Cape Cycle Tour or 947 in Joburg and I'd have two bottles with some kind of electrolyte carbohydrate based drink in it and uh, and I knew that kind of halfway I would I would need to refill with water and make sure I was hydrated and that would be my nutrition plan and I could get away with that so I would ride, and, and sometimes I did phenomenal times, and sometimes I did shocking times, but that depended on my training, not so much on my nutrition on the day. So when I was going into the half in Durban, I'd suddenly it clicked in my head that, okay, hang on a second. So you're going to ride 90Ks, and then you're going to run a half marathon. And how are you going to be fueled enough for this half marathon? So... I put out a post onto Facebook, and of course, that's how I met you, Christy. And and you responded, and and I got an amazing wealth of of information from you. I recorded the conversation, and I referred back to it about three thousand times. Did you really and I, and I dialed it? in a whole lot of stuff. Do you still have and, it? Uh, do you and still I did have it? I do still have it, and I did tell you at the time. Yes. <laughs> I can't remember that. It's on my phone. I can't remember the conversation. I can't remember that you but told me when you recorded it. <laughs> I would never have recorded you in secret. <laughs> but but anyway, so I had all of this information and it was fantastic. And and then I threw it all at 70.3. And and the problem was that I I didn't hydrate enough. So 
I mean, I made a lot of other mistakes. We can talk about those, but but I didn't hydrate enough. And and so what happened on the on the bike? So I had all of these carbohydrate electrolyte drinks, but I wasn't drinking enough water. And uh, and and so when I got onto the run, I had fuel in me, but I suddenly I was overheating, and I I didn't have enough water in me, which makes all of those electrolytes useless. <laughs> if you know anything about nutrition, right? And uh, and and so. I crashed. So my biggest problem coming out of 94, uh, 94.7, out of the 70.3 was wet shoes. Mm. And my feet were so sore that it literally swelled up because I was drinking so much water and I was throwing so much water on my legs, which were cramping, that my shoes got so wet <laughs> that my feet swelled up that they were so sore from running because my shoes were wet and because I was dehydrated. So that was a that was a big learning for me. So I suddenly had to change everything up and 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 find a different balance and a different approach. That was one mistake. I won't take up the whole podcast talking about all of my lessons. I'll hand over to you guys. What did you learn, Gerard, at, at the Cape Ultra? Yeah, the, the one with the most airtime in this episode made the most mistakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I I think. The, the way I planned my whole um, road to Ironman journey was luckily due to budget constraints um, over a longer period. So I decided in December 2018 that I'm going to do Ironman in 2020. So it gave me a lot of time to go and research as much as I could. Uh, but you know what? Um, the more I started to research, the more I realized how little I know. And I got lost in keto and I got lost in training programs, etc. I mean, in January um, this year, I was training sometimes four times a day. It was like gymming and then swimming afterwards and then cycling and running after cycling in the evenings. And I just thought I had this mentality of the more I do, the, the better I'll be prepared in, in March 2020. And after a month of uh, obviously um, realizing physically that this is not sustainable i think that's the first mistake i made was was to think that uh, i can do this by myself and um, you've got youtube and google these days you can do anything um, and I, I needed that guidance i needed to have a coach that can lay out what needs to happen i can work start with a base program and and just work my way up um, and the point i'm trying to make is I think because I started so early and I had this vision in mind, I mean, it gave me 10 months before my first uh, triathlon, which gave me more enough time to go and find out, speak to individuals. And I think that's also uh, something that I did that helped me was to, if I find somebody or I chat to somebody and they've done a, a triathlon or an Ironman, I go and have a coffee with them and I go and chat and find out what works for them, how did they feel afterwards, etc. So. I think I was lucky in that sense that by the time I showed up for the Cape Ultra in October this year, um, I almost like envisioned a lot of aspects um, about triathlon. I just needed to go and physically do it. And, and I must admit, besides the run that was extremely hot and it was more trail run than a road run, um, I, I'm very satisfied with my performance across the board. Transition, yes, there's a couple of shortcuts that uh, I think I can still do. Um, but I'm quite happy with the, the overall overall um, experience and the results that that's just going to allow me to increase um, 
each aspect or each discipline um, relative to maybe the couple of shortages that I had. So I think what worked for me was to just go and try and find out as much as I can and meet with as many people that has done it before um, because it, it's almost like a, a, a itch that you can't leave. You need to find out, okay, what's the best transition? How do I tape the um, uh, the fat bombs to my bo- my um, uh, my frame in my, on my bike? Uh, do I put my shoes onto my cleats or do I run with them? Um, so all of these scenarios I played out in my head and uh, I must admit I'm, I'm happy except for the run, obviously, but um, yeah, there will always be a factor in the, the race that uh, you feel unhappy with. Why, why were you unhappy with your run? Um, I was, what I did was, as well as preparation for the triathlon, is I, I raced a half uh, marathon, something I've never done before. And I ran a 138 to almost like gauge, okay, well, if I go balls to the walls, um, what can I do on a 21K? Obviously, I'm not expecting to run the same time with a triathlon. Uh, after doing a swim and a bike, um, but, but I thought, okay, well, maybe I can do like a 145, 150, um, and going over two hours, I ended up doing 215 with the triathlon, it was a lot um, slower than what I thought I would, um, but I wasn't disappointed because it was very hot, it was in the middle of the day, it's after the swim and the um, cycle, and obviously there was a little bit of bees and other stuff involved, but um, I think uh, because I know I'm an easy sub to a half marathon, I think there was a little bit of a disappointment there that I could have shaved off at least 15 minutes on on, um, on the total time. Okay. But, but again, a learning curve, maybe go and run a little bit more during the middle of the day and experience what it is to run and eat. And something that you touched on that uh, I was quite um, attentive to is when I get my sponges at the aid stations during a run, I would lean my head forward and I would use the sponge on the back of my head so that it goes over my whole head, my face, uh, but it doesn't run into my shoes, specifically for that reason, because I've I got a lot of tips about not making or, or making sure that your shoes does not get wet. It, it helps it helps dating a, a, a multiple 70.3 Ironman finisher. <laughs> She's just smiling, going, such rookies. I've still made so many mistakes. So I'll tell you, I'm going to tell my little story of the weekend. And then there's some things that you guys and the listeners can learn from, from me. But there are also other things and mistakes that I made that are also learnings for everyone out there to take away and and just not do what I did. Um, so obviously we registered on the, on the Thursday, it was a Thursday, yeah. we registered on the Thursday, got home, packed everything out. So like the weekend was perfect. All the planning and lead up to the weekend was awesome. We had everything perfectly put out, um, in the lounge on the floor, no, in the bedroom on the floor, bikes, everything. I cleaned the bikes. There's photo evidence of me washing the bikes. So did the bikes, did all the checks, made sure we had everything. I washed the dishes, that's why. You washed the dishes. <laughs> um, I think that will happen in my house too, by the way. Marily hates the dishes. So she'd wash the bikes and the cars <laughs> as long as I do dishes. That's Sorry. A, it's, a, it's a fair trade-off. <laughs> um, we left super early, so we got there. Um, transition, I think, wasn't even open when we got there. But that was the whole point, was to make sure we could choose our own spots in transition so we could have like perfect or ideal spots at least and um, where we could lay yeah. it well he obviously i was doing the sprint so i had to lay everything out next to my bike 
Um, yeah. But it was great to get there. We were literally the first person, people in transition, so we could pick great spots, like on the end of the of the um, transition bike racks, which was awesome. So that was a, a big tick for us. Um, then, yeah, we obviously got laid everything out. Um, everything of mine was there. I remembered everything from the Vaseline to wet wipes to my food, race bibs, whatever you do, never forget your race bib. You're not going to wear it. Any, like you need to actually take it with you uh, and leave it at your, in your transition bag. Don't forget to put it there. A lot of people do forget that. Um, and then the one thing that I didn't check was when you check into transition on the bottom of your handlebars, your, those, where your handlebars are, they need to be plugged on both sides. And one of my plugs had come out, luckily, like it was just something that completely skipped my mind. So as I went in, one of the officials said to me, oh dear, like you actually have, you have this plugged. Um, so next time my lesson that I take away from this is I'm going to take bottle tops because that's what he did. He plugged it with a bottle top and tied masking tape around it. So next time I'm taking some bottle tops and I'm taking some masking tape as in like a little kit with me, just in case that happens again, or I can help someone that gets in the same situation as me because someone helped me. And yeah, if it wasn't for that at that time, yeah, there, there might've been a bit of a delay getting into transition. So then during the race, I'd prepped and planned exactly how I would use my Garmin watch um, and put it in triathlon mode and, and everything. Um, the swim went beautifully, started, my watch got out. And then as I ran out of the water, I pressed the wrong button on my watch. So I realized that, and you know what, there's nothing I can do then. My watch isn't going to get me to fin cross the finish line. But it's just, it did distract me a little bit throughout because I didn't really know how, what my pace was on the bike. Um, I didn't really know, especially, and I'll talk about my run just now, I didn't know what pace I was running. I didn't really know how far I had to go. So it was a little bit distracting, but it brings me back to something, and this is not really related to this podcast, but in, in general, I, I think we do rely too much on technology, but it does help support our journey. Um, but also it is a lesson, I made a mistake, yes, so know how your watch works and don't make mistakes but number two a lesson to take away that people can use in a positive way is also understand and listen to your body well enough to not let your watch setting put you off and deter you from trying to achieve your goals for the day so did the the cycle was awesome um oh just taking a step back in transition i planned my transition perfectly but then i tried to hurry it up um and get do something that I hadn't planned to do in transition. And then I ended up getting my cycling shirt stuck on my head with the zip on the shirt was the wrong way around. So <laughs> the moral of the story is I had to then, I was already inside with arms and like one arm out, one arm at the bottom. So anyway, that added probably an extra minute or something to try and get out of it. Um, get out of my shirt and actually back into it. So yeah, I think don't try and rush your transition or don't try and... Um, do something that seems like a quick fix at the time. Just think logically and try not to panic. Um, the bike was awesome. Really, really had an awesome bike. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was really, really great. I do think that I don't push myself enough in a race situation because my pace was actually the same as most of my training rides. So either I'm training 
too hard, which I don't think I am, or I'm not racing hard enough and pushing pushing my limits in a race situation. So that's another learning that I will take away from that for myself and apply that in my training and mental preparation going forward. Um, my run, it, it was, a, I'm not, like we can't choose the route. The, we don't have any control over what a, a race route is. Um, it was very hot. Um, my nutrition was perfect the whole race. I won't fault that uh, um, at all. Um, but, and this isn't really, well, it is a lesson learned because I've got um, deep vein thrombosis in my left leg. So my whole leg is a blood clot. And I was recently um, cleared to do endurance sports about six months ago. So I could go off very, very strong medication and go on to a cardio care disparate tablet. Um, but that morning I didn't take my medication before the race. So that was also something like it complete, I completely forgot to take my medication. I should have taken it. Um, so by the time I got into the run, someone behind me said, why is your, your, why is your leg so big? And I, I looked down and my calf was huge and swollen. And it was also very discolored, like blue and bright red and patchy. So I did, I panicked. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to have um, the, my DVTs back. Like, oh my goodness, let me just try and finish this run, but I let, I let my mind get the better of me. Um, and it was very, very distracting on my run. I was so worried about my leg and getting back to the finish and getting to the doctor the next week and setting up an appointment to get an x-ray or an ultrasound down, done that I let that take away from the experience of the run. Um, so I'm a little bit disappointed just in myself of letting something like that um, take away from actually enjoying the run and perhaps pushing a little bit harder but then it's that kind of balance of how like I couldn't do anything about my health then I couldn't get to the doctor I couldn't take my medication I should have really just forged ahead so I didn't really enjoy the run and it was a little bit stressful for me um but got to the finish and really 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 did enjoy the whole race um just went and sat reflected a bit and then two other learnings from from my event was that I should learn how to apply sun cream more effectively because I am sunburns in places I never thought I would be and I've got patches of peeling in all sorts of strange places. And then the second one is take your power bank or take the charger for the power bank that you planned to pack and you did pack, but not the charger. So my battery ran out um, in the afternoon of my phone um, but yeah, that's, I, 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 it was really, really a cool day, but I think that's all a lot of different sort of practical lessons that hopefully people can take away from, and maybe they've been making a checklist as I'm talking, but I did exactly what you did, Rienzo, in, in um, transition. I don't wear um, socks. I don't wear gloves. And I know it was a sprint, but it, the more you get used to it, uh, the, the easier that's, that becomes. And you don't actually even feel the difference. I can't remember not I don't remember feeling uncomfortable because I wasn't wearing socks or not wearing my gloves. So the more you practice and, and test out in these sort of race situations, the better beforehand. So one of the things that I've been getting from what you've been saying, Christine, is is, is about the right quality of planning, but then also sticking to the plan. So, with the, you know, maybe in your planning you forgot to... to I, I get pedantic about packing all of my, my pre-race nutrition. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
even now, like for yesterday when we did that long ride, um, I get all my breakfast and everything out the night before. And, uh, and everything's laid out almost as a reminder for me, do this, then do that, then drink this, then eat that, and then off you go. And, uh, and, and so maybe even then, like a, a, a medication, especially if you've got you know, something that you need to, to manage, having that in place, um, having that planning in place, but then also sticking to the plan and not changing the plan. Mm. But one of the things that I had made a mistake on with my 70.3 was I had, a, I had a very clear race plan that I've been speaking about for months. I think my, my training partner, Paul, I think he must have been pretty sick and tired of hearing about my training plan, I'm going to do my race plan. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and this is how it's going to happen. And, and he's probably thinking, yeah, you're such a rookie, it's not going to go that way. He was probably right if he was thinking that because on the ride, I was feeling strong. So, and, and, and I have the cycling background. So I planned a particular pace for the ride, but then on the day, I was feeling stronger than that pace. So instead of riding at, um, at 28 k's an hour, mm. I, I thought, you know what, let me push 30. And, and especially because it was a big event and I see all of these, these absolute triathlete beasts coming past on their, on their time trial machines, these time warp aero helmets and, and all of that. And they flying past me up the road. And, and I suddenly got into this panic of I'm not going fast enough. Or I should be going faster. And I'm feeling stronger, so let's push a little bit. And and so I did, and I burnt my legs for the run. So when I if I'd stuck to my plan, my my pace on would have been a little bit slower on the ride. And my ego got a little bit the better of me, because you know, I, I thought, well, I need to, I don't know, get a course record or something for myself. Um, and, and instead of sticking within the plan, I, I burnt my legs on the ride and that is a rookie mistake. I, I'm now very clear on, but then on the run, I had so much less. So when I was running my 21, that's why I cannot ask you why were you unhappy with your run? And, and it was a different reason, but, but I burned my legs on my bike. So when I, I started my run, I was okay, but I had nothing left at the end. So my pace of around six minutes per K suddenly became when I was finishing around seven or, or more. Um, it was a very slow. So I finished in eventually on, on a, like a two hour 27 for my run and it should have been a lot faster, but it couldn't be because of my bike because I didn't stick to my plan. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's something that um, I must admit that Christine, likes to tell her clients and friends and people that she talks to um, even the kids in Fisante Kral about uh, finishing strong and um, I mean I did my my bike very consistently only the last lap I could really uh, feel okay well yes um, this this is getting to me um, and then when I went out on the run I realized you know what this is going to be a little bit uh, different uh, um, half marathon um, I decided very consciously at the beginning, let me rather take it, not necessarily easy, but let me finish strong and enjoy this first triathlon experience. So that by the time that I finish, it's like, yes, this, this was actually fun. And um, it was a great experience. And next time I'm going to do this and this and this differently. But um, so I, I made a conscious decision after about two or three Ks 
um, of, of not going to be able to sustain the pace that I wanted to, let, let me then at least enjoy it. And um, I think at the end of the day, like you mentioned with, with your um, little bit faster pace on the bike, we, we end up really like, oh, we end up bullshitting ourselves because we think by going faster now, I'm going to have an overall better time, which does make sense if you can sustain that. But just going a little bit slower for argument's sake with the bike, conserving that energy, meaning that you can run a little bit uh, more consistently, you end up overall having a better time. It's just to, yeah. I don't know, go through that growth experience where you realize um, that, listen, yeah, next time when I'm in the same position, let me try and take my own advice that I gave myself after the first yeah. time. And um, it's, it's for that reason that I've now decided I'm, I'm still about 95% uh, or 5% out of making the decision. I want to do the Cape Challenge here in, in Cape Town. Okay. Specific for another experience, the, the, the one at Cape Ultra was in a dam. Obviously, this one is in the ocean, so I would like to get that experience as well. Um, but then also just to refocus on, on that consistency because my swim went great, my bike went great, and obviously the run was now weather dependent. But... Um, also just to condition my mind to um, not hold back but just you know what even if I'm feeling great in that moment um, don't don't then go out and, and try and go fast in what you um, feel comfortable with just hold back a little bit because then you've got some reserves in the tank for for the the last part of the um, cycle or um, the run obviously speaking to there and that's been the biggest lesson that I've been working with so it didn't come out of 70.3 it's it kind of started there but that consistency of of just working at a consistent solid pace was so reinforced yesterday by Elliot Kipchoge mm-hmm. and uh, I mean he ran that that race and, and if you watch those splits per kilometer it was two minutes 50 two minutes 50 two minutes 50 two minutes 50 and there were one or two where he pushed it up a little bit but then in the last kilometer when he knew he had the record when he when when he could celebrate basically then his his paces got out the way the cars got out the way and he just dropped the hammer because he had it in him yeah. so he ran a Two minutes 39 i think that last kilometer it's insane and they're watching kona last night jan fredino did exactly the same thing on the bicycle he just consistently like a metronome he was just sitting at whatever power output he was and he was just riding and riding and riding because what i'm told what i'm, I'm figuring out is that any triathlon is all about the run mm-hmm. so you've got to get yourself strong to the run mm-hmm. and and so he he wasn't worried about the fact that guys were overtaking him and that he wasn't in the first place on the bicycle. He was working with Alistair Brownlee. He was working with the, um, the guys. And he was just keeping it consistent until the last kind of, what, 30 miles or when he just dropped the hammer to get a gap. And then in the marathon, he just, he just came. But then he was strong for that. Yeah. So even the pros work this way. It's not just mm. us novices. Yeah, yeah no, I think um, there's a lot of experience and lessons out there that we can take home from people that's gone through it. Um, but you know what? I think the more uh, honest we can be with ourselves in those moments, <laughs> the better it, it is for us in the long run. And it's the same with, with marathon running, etc. You you tend on feeling great in that moment and you, you just push uh, too hard. But I think 
um, doing these type of post race analysis uh, with yourself what can i do better and being honest with yourself can help you with with the best uh with, with the the next um, race that comes up and um that that's my purpose for the cape challenge is i want to um yeah. do a, a very conservative but consistent swim same with the bike but then uh, i want to know that there is funds left in the tank for the run so that i can to do what I feel comfortable with um, and end up doing a better time just because of that uh, conservation of energy. 100%. And these are the lessons we've learned now. Eh? We're going to learn more as we get closer to Ironman and during Ironman. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Awesome. Good stuff. Lekker. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thanks it was good. Cheers. Bye. Welcome to the Road to Ironman 2020, Becoming a Better Me. This is the six-month journey of three novices, Gerard, Christine and Renzo, taking on what is arguably one of the toughest endurance races of all time. Full Ironman takes place in Port Elizabeth on the 29th of March 2020. The distances covered are a 3.8km swim in the sea, a 180km bike ride and a 42km run. And you can follow our journey on this podcast series and of course you can follow us individually on our social media platforms on instagram and facebook enjoy this episode